0: and interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday or happy whatever day it is that you're listening. Um, I wanted to give a quick intro because Sarah Kate and I got right into our conversation before we hit record. We were super excited about the topic at hand and um, I hit record and we just continued. So it's kind of abrupt in the beginning, uh, which is a good thing. We were off to a running start, but Sarah Kate is the founder of rethinking drinking and also of some good clean fun both on Instagram um a digital magazine she has a newsletter she is an alcohol-free sommelier which i think is really cool um i know many in real life IRL sommeliers who have um given me the full wine experience, but Sarah Kate is an expert at alcohol-free cocktails, and she's always making her own simple syrup, like from Earl Grey Tea, which sounds amazing. So this is a really cool episode, and I sit here having this conversation while also rethinking my own relationship with alcohol. It's something that I'm always kind of Going back and forth with, as I'm sure many of you are, you know, it it is at the end of the day, a a neurotoxin and it's poison and it doesn't really do you any favors, but then, you know, we're busy and and productive and we get our workouts in and we eat our good foods. And then it's really nice sometimes to have some way to relax. Um, but uh, you know, I don't always know if it's worth it. So I'll leave it to you to kind of explore that on your own. And I hope that you find some value in this podcast. I absolutely love Sarah-Kate. I wish she didn't live in Canada so that we could hang out, but maybe someday. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, let me know what you think. And I'm excited for this episode. Cords, Okay. <laughs> Because so we're talking about, I didn't realize that you were also in the corporate world and had that lifestyle too. And it's so funny because I relate so much to that. I didn't even know we had that in common. And you're reminding me so much of when I worked for an asset management firm. So I was around portfolio managers and all these oh, senior level, like yeah. older men. And the they were out. Culture. That's all we did. That's like yeah. all we did. Well, and take a cool. step, take a step back from that and
1: this is what rethinking drinking is about. Where did women's when and why did women start drinking like cowboys? And it's because we were we were searching for equality. We wanted equality with men, and we moved into the male-driven patriarchy of the world. I shouldn't say patriarchy; that's very political. But we moved into a very male-driven business world and wanted to climb the corporate ladder. We wanted to to shatter the glass ceiling. So the way we did that was to start drinking with the boys and we adapted a drinking culture into our own ethos and ecosystem and then you go home and you're juggling being climbing the corporate ladder in a male-driven business world and you're juggling your kids you're juggling your household duties you're driving kids to soccer and trying to also play play with the big boys so to speak yeah and then you're coping with wine because you're or, or drinks because you're like i you know, I feel like shit because I had to drink with clients last night. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Absolutely. You know, okay. There are
0: no sponsors to tell me what to do. So you can <laughs> okay. say whatever you want. Okay.
1: <laughs> you, you're you're drinking with the big boys and you're feeling like shit the next day mm-hmm. and you've got to scurry your kids around and you've got to be mom, you've got to be honest mom after a hard work day hungover, and then you're grabbing a glass of wine again. And so mm-hmm. this is where, you know, you were talking about like, know you're in a boozy the boozy culture of like portfolio managers and things Mm -hmm. that's such a male driven industry and women have been fighting for equality in the financial world and wealth management for so long and how are they they're not doing this intentionally but how do you how do you find that equality in the workplace you you go out for drinks you keep up with them annie grace the author of this naked mind she talked a lot about that she was a vp of marketing Mm -hmm. uh, for a big company she was quite young when she got that promotion and she was going out and keeping and she she felt the the she felt the the pressure mm-hmm. to keep up they went for whenever she traveled and you know was meeting with clients have drinks have drinks have drinks mm-hmm. and it's i started thinking about well where did women get there how did we get to that place it's because we were trying to fit in to a male driven business culture and that's going to take a long time for things to shift. But that's one of the areas that we need to rethink as in the workplace, setting the tone that drinking together as a, as a work, as colleagues should not be a normal thing mm-hmm. at all.
0: Yeah. And I come from a human resources perspective, too. I'm an HR manager. I still okay. am. And I really had to learn myself how to move away from that. You know, it was... Uh, when I was in asset man- working for an asset management firm, I was the human resources representative at that time, and I would take the train to New York for meetings to visit, you know, our office there, and we'd go to Nobu and barely ate because we would just drink. It was boozy lunch, and then it was like get done the bare minimum in the office, maybe have happy hour while you're there, and then go out for drinks after. It's just yeah, it's it's so interesting that you put it that way. I never thought about it from that perspective. In terms of trying to match the male culture, that's that's really interesting that you mentioned that. The other thing I'm so interested that you're an HR manager
1: because I've been actually trying to have conversations, not not a lot, but I've just started like reaching out to people in my network and and talking to them who people Mm -hmm. I know who are in HR because there's also I I'm always thinking about now inclusivity and Mm -hmm. you know one of the things around people saying I don't want to d- I drink or I don't want to drink there's a whole bunch of baggage that comes with that and when you say something to, like that to somebody a coworker. um so I start I've always been thinking about it with that lens of in the workplace there are probably a lot of people who do not drink for various reasons mm-hmm. and they're not included in that drinking culture mm-hmm. just from a it doesn't have anything to do with like somebody who's an alcoholic somebody who is pre- like It could be pregnancy. It could be religious Mm -hmm. reasons. It could be personal choice. It could be whatever that is. Um, When you create a drinking culture in, in a workplace, you're automatically excluding anybody Mm -hmm. who doesn't feel comfortable in that environment for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. There doesn't even, you don't even need to validate that reason for any, for anyone. If somebody says, why aren't you drinking? That's none of your business.
0: Right, it's the Rachel Green smoking on Friends. Remember, I don't know if yeah. you saw that episode where she would go smoke cigarettes so that she could keep up with her boss and have those conversations. That's because right. Otherwise, she missed. And out she wasn't on, even on a in- smoker. Right. <laughs> yeah, <Exactly. laughs> you know, I remember
1: that. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And um, I was in the I was in the casino world, and um, luckily at the time there was a lot more regulation. Around employees, kind of expense accounts and things like that, um, but you know, I'd still be I'd be stuck in a hotel in rural Ontario, you know, because one of the casinos I managed was out in rural Ontario, and I'd have nothing to do. And so, you know, you're you're buying a bottle of wine at the like small liquor store near your near your hotel, and watching a movie by yourself. And like, there's nobody there to monitor how much you're drinking. Mm -hmm. And so you're not doing it intentionally at the beginning. You're just like, yeah, I have a bottle of wine. I might as well, well, I might as well finish it now. Like four, four, four large glasses. It's it's only four glasses. right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that is, there's a couple things. There's one, there's that, that the picture of that idea of like women trying, we're forced into a square around a square peg into a round hole when they when they started searching for equality in the workplace there's that mm-hmm. you know how we've adapted that culture two is the inclusivity human resources perspective of the mm-hmm. workplace and then three there's the um, uh, you know the the other things that go along with working mm-hmm. that where you're put into situations where you're alone, mm-hmm. where there's you know you know uh, other things at play, in your life that you'd rather be home with your babies or your your dog or Mm -hmm. your partner like you'd rather be home you'd rather not be in a hotel room by yourself
0: you're like (laughs) well this is what I'm working with so (laughs) yeah yeah I gotta have fun and yeah this
1: this is actually like I just something just sort of uh tweaked or triggered in my mind like how um you're creating you know when I'm in that hotel room in rural Ontario I'm trying to create a little bit of a party Mm-hmm. um, on my own. Right. Just what you said, like, well, this is what I'm working at with. I gotta have a, gotta have some fun on my own. Yeah, And it's, it's almost a release as well from like, well, I don't have any responsibilities. My kids are mm-hmm. with my husband. you know, they're at home with my husband being taken care of. I'm by myself. Yeah. So woo time yeah. for mom at a party. Like there's mm-hmm. all these others, you know, this could go in very many ways, but you know, there's yeah. like also the bring your vibrator, bring your wine right. when you're, when you're traveling for work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mama's going to have a party. Right. Um, and the, that ties into, I think how you like that coping for moms, like mm-hmm. or women in the workplace, like, Oh, Ooh, I get it doesn't matter if it's a night at a hotel or even if it's an afternoon, your husband takes the kids to the zoo. Yeah. The pressure you're feeling, you're like, "Woo, mom is going to have a good time. Now I'm going to crack open the wine. Yeah. Ooh, um, binge
0: on um, Bridgerton. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I want to do a quick intro. Cause I I'm so excited. I feel like this is awesome. We've already kind of taken off and I have so many questions for you in so many different directions I want to go in, but let me yeah, first yeah. introduce you. <laughs> so Sarah okay. Kate, Sarah- Thank you so much for being here. Um, It's a pleasure to have you on. This is something, you know, this kind of mommy wine culture and sober curious movement and um, just kind of exploring this topic and and just bringing it to the forefront and having these conversations I think is so, so important. And it's important to me personally. I'm I'm on this journey, I'm still figuring it out, but I, I want so deeply for other people to step a foot onto this path as well just to see if something different works better for them. So I was so excited when I saw you on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, I need to chat with her. So um, you are an alcohol-free sommelier, which is, is that a real thing? That's a real thing. It is now. It is now, girl. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Also founding editor of Rethinking Drinking magazine, which is really cool. Um, You've been featured on CTV News, CHC TV, which I'm assuming are Canadian channels, right? Yep, they are, yeah. <laughs> yes, CTV, CHCH, yes. CH Global. Yeah, they're all Canadian. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, and self-proclaimed excitable energizer bunny. I love that. So right, welcome right. to the Feel Better podcast. Um, I, I can't think of a single better way to feel better than to limit alcohol. Truly, honestly, I think that is something that is so overlooked and completely changes the way you feel, the way you sleep, the way you eat, the way you, you know, your, your mood, your emotions, your weight, everything, everything is impacted when we decide to drink or not to drink. So I'm so excited to have you here and I can't wait to get back into it.
1: Thank yeah. Thank you. I'm so I, this is a perfect, um, play like a, this is going to be a perfect conversation because my values are so aligned with this like holistic, picture of your health that yeah. we've been leaving out one really key thing right out of our holistic health and you know um like we've kind of talked about this in within you know kind of my network and the people that I work with um their women will they'll um and I'm not pointing finger at anyone by the way there's no judgment here that I'm not trying to make any one person feel you know badly for their decisions but we've been sort of trained um practicing meditation for a month is good for you and that maybe cut out meat for a month, try try to be vegetarian or vegan, um, give it a try for, for preventative health, but nobody ever openly talks about how awesome this one thing is that we never talk about the other mm-hmm. puzzle piece. The truly holistic picture for preventative wellness mm-hmm. is taking a look at how much are you drinking? Like, yeah. let's be frank. And, and it could be one or two glasses a week that you're not feeling good about. It could be one or two glasses a day that you're not feeling good. So there's a there's a wide spectrum, but I think that mm-hmm. um, even a small amount, um, you know, we know that for women specifically as well, it, it's there's a lot of health risks related to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a great
0: conversation. Yeah, I recently read How to Quit Like a Woman, and I felt like it answered so many questions that I didn't know I had yet. And I was like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. And you know, in all of my Own personal research and my training through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and just understanding how you know alcohol. A lot of people don't want to accept the fact that it is a toxin, it is a poison in your body that tries to reciprocate and bring itself back to homeostasis and balance, and that's why you feel the way that you feel. I think there's just such denial around that. But reading "How to Quit Like a Woman" really just solidified everything for me, and even just the marketing aspect of it, and. yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And I always go back to like, I cringe now when I see like, I think it's called mats and mocktails, mats and cocktails or something like that at my Pilates oh, studio. Yeah. So come do Pilates yeah. and then let's have margaritas. Cringe. Like, this, this, no. this doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> and this, like, this is, um I could, this could be a whole other like episode of your podcast. Like, how is it that the wellness community has decided that detoxifying through wellness, from, through yoga and meditation is it's okay to then toxify yourself immediately yes. afterwards yes. And, and erase all the positive benefits of being stretchy, finding inner peace. Like um, the, it's such a disconnect for me. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like nobody who why don't people see why don't people see this like why don't mm-hmm. um but but to your point about the marketing and then some good I'm uh, not some good clean thought um quit like a woman uh mm-hmm. quit like a woman she really ex- really dug deep into that and it's so that is sort of the key to all this is we need to really rethink how we're looking at marketing how we're looking mm-hmm. at how marketers are talking to to women and um so here's an example of in Canada, we have a, we have a, uh, there's an organization called ads, ad standards, Canada. And so around mother's day, I, I saw this chain restaurant and had put out an ad mom deserves it. It was on Instagram and it was a bottle of wine and then a wine glass with probably five, a five ounce pour in it. So that's, that's fine. And then a small little salad <laughs> and I'm like, that salad and that wine that woman like is going to be drunk if she drinks that bottle and has that small salad. Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, that's not healthy balance. Um, But also what does mom deserve? What does mom deserve? So I, 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 I actually with Ad Standards Canada and they got milestones was the chain. They actually responded to me directly because I called them out on Instagram and they said, you're right, we're gonna tweak the ad. And they did, but they, they explained wow. it was supposed to be about the food, not just the wine. It was supposed to be what about the food? food and the wine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. So they didn't send me, I asked them to send me the revised ad just to like see it. And they never, they didn't respond. That's okay, they're busy, they're a marketing department. Um, but Ad Standards Canada got back to me and said, your complaint is invalid because you're a competitor because you sell t-shirts on your website and you're, anti, you're anti-alcohol, you're an anti-alcohol advocate. And it was a woman writing this to me. And I wanted to literally, like, I, you know, I couldn't believe it um, because we, and this is how we're all trained to not see. You see it because you've read Quit Like a Woman. When I, as soon as I said, like, mom
0: deserves it, you got it right away. Yeah. I know mommy drinks because of you. I see that. Like this is why mommy oh. drinks and a big bottle of wine. And it's like how do you think
1: the kids feel? How do you think the children feel? That that was that was eye opening. Not eye opening, but when I had that thought or when I heard that probably on Instagram somewhere. You you have to think about all the kids that are hearing that message that they're they're so terrible that mom has to get drunk. And again, no judgment. Cry. <laughs> yeah, there's no judgment for any woman listening to this at all. Like, we're I embrace every single woman who's even considering listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you decide to have one less glass of wine or not, there's no judgment at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about this is wider, this is about a culture of mm-hmm. wherever we turn. If you go to um, we have a chain here called Home Sense, so it's like, um, uh, we have mar- you have Marshalls, right? We do, yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a sister sort of Marshalls, and it's a home home decor. Yeah, and they've got a whole section for wine purses and wine paraphernalia, like uh, m- mugs and cups that have like you know mommy juice. AM PM, mommy juice, like you know cute purses that you can. They're coolers for your wine bottle. You can take out.
0: <laughs> oh it just I makes no, it. It just normalizes it. It just creates more of a demand and acceptability for that to be you know, a regular part of this mom's life. And then she's like, okay, well now I am going to get that June shine and I am going to get that hard kombucha for the beach. And I am going to drink this wine tonight because clearly it's acceptable. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. they make purses yeah. for it, you know? They <laughs> yeah. Yes. So they've totally, so on the one hand they've normalized
1: it. So the poor, you know, the poor woman who is, who is, uh, feeling the pinch, feeling the pressure of like, trying to maintain work-life balance and raising children uh, or not, or raising a dog. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have kids, but just, that's just my kind of like my experience. Um, and then they're seeing this normalized and they're like, I'm really stressed. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drink this and I'm, I'm going to drink at the beach or cause it's normal, normal, normal. Mm-hmm. But then th- what's missing, which is something that I, I, I keep talking about is we don't normalize how much is too much how much is is enough like um we don't talk about that does do you know that that one can of white claws two two servings and you have two white claws like that's four drinks <laughs> technically right. yeah and so we don't normalize some of these basic conversations um that at an early age at an early age so um so women can can make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. Fine. If you want to have two cans of white claw, that's your decision. Maybe you haven't drank all year and it's your one night out with your girlfriends and you're going to have two cans of white Claw. but you know Mm -hmm. that you're over that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the healthy limit of what you should be having. Um, And, and so that's when things I'm rambling a little bit, but I think that's when things start spiraling out of control for some people because Mm -hmm they look around and they see other people drinking everywhere they go, mm-hmm. not taking into account
0: um maybe that person hasn't drank in a month and that's their one drink, but it's your 15th right. of the week. Yeah. Or maybe they really regretted it the next day and that was yeah. out of the ordinary yeah. for them. And you're just kind of looking yeah. at it as normal when it isn't normal.
1: Yeah. yeah. I um I don't know if this if you had this experience when you were when you you know as you've been going through this journey, mm-hmm. but I realized that, you know, even though people were joking about farmer's market roadies, for mm-hmm. instance, like taking your wine to the farmer's market. So the, the other moms were all Haha, bringing your wine to the farmer's market. Like how yeah. many of these women were actually doing that? Where, so I was like, and th- this is, this is so hard for me to even admit sometimes. because I'm like, how dumb was I? But I thought everybody was doing it. And really Mm -hmm. looking back, I'm like, I think I might have been only one of two of, you know, of the group, maybe one or two of us actually had a roadie, but jokes aren't real. But when you like to drink as much as I did, it's like, great, it's normalized. Another reason for me to like, you know, um, drink away my, my annoying children. My children are lovely. They're not annoying. But at the time it was like, great. (laughs) I've got to take them to the farmer's market. Well, I'm going to bring a roadie with me. This is another another area where it's safe for me to um, practice this, this
0: unhealthy habit. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think also in a way, I think it's the, the, the culture, but I also, I think that there was a level, at least for me, there was a level of, in the beginning, it was a level of rebellion. Like I always like to take things, not take things to the next level, but like, if people are afraid to do something, I'm going to do it whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing. Like if you're afraid, well, I'm not afraid. So I remember being 10, 11, and I saw an episode of Roseanne and Becky and Darlene had gotten into the liquor cabinet and they were making these hurricanes with orange juice and whatnot. I remember that episode. And I thought that was the so cool. They are so cool. Like these girls are so cool. Look at them doing things that other, the other kids, all those dorky little kids are afraid to do. So I continued with that for year, 15, 20 years. And then I think the shift for me was rebelling against this culture of normalcy. Oh, now I'm drinking this much is normal, watching yeah. you step out of it. Good luck to the rest of it. It was almost like a, a, a method of rebellion rather than 100%. kind of checking out from the kids or checking out from work it was like, look how cool I am. Like, don't you want to be me? I'm like the people in the movies and I'm like, you know, and I think there's an element of that as well, where you don't realize it's it's taken over and you're not really yeah. anymore and you're not no. cool. And it's not to yeah. drink at brunch, lunch, dinner, four in the morning, all day, all when day, yeah. hungover, like it's not yeah. normal. Yeah. That was interesting. Something that you had said made me think of that, of the rebellious nature of it in a way.
1: Well, the, the, ta- like the, so the website, somegoodcleanfun.com. And I think and I didn't need to correct you live, um, but Rethinking Drinking. The magazine's actually called um, Some Good Clean Fun. Some Good oh, Clean it is. Fun. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The,
0: okay. No, okay. it's,
1: that's not your fault. The Instagram handle is Rethinking Drinking because yeah. my personal Instagram is Some Good Clean Fun because I didn't think I was starting a magazine two years ago. <laughs> okay. Good and you know. so, um, okay, so somegoodcleanfund.com are are right on the front of the page. It used to say like the rebellious choice, um, empowering women to make the rebellious choice to live alcohol free. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I don't know why we changed that. I think we ha- we softened it a little bit, but I, I think I'm gonna put that back, like just the yeah. rebellious choice to do live something with balance.
0: different. Yeah. Live with
1: balance. Do something different. And and earlier, and I just want to get back to this one thing that like just sparked joy in me. You said you know, you were being rebellious when you were a teenager drinking, because it was like rebellious people like, you know, back, I don't, I'm about I'm 44. So like, when I was being rebellious in the 90s, it it was just like drinking women drinking and and binge drinking hadn't really escalated yet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But um, so I didn't drink a ton in high school, it was university. And then in my in my like, in the early aughts, for instance, Oh, my God, like sex in the city, encouraged this, So it was very rebellious to be like, look at me. I'm rebellious. I'm cool, whatever. And now everybody drinks that much. And so it is a rebellious choice to be like, yeah, see you later. I'm done. (laughs)
0: Like, I don't want to be,
1: there's something about (laughs) not like stepping outside of like the rules. Yeah. Sort of. And being the, I always, there's a, There's a video out there somewhere about um, how to create, how to start a movement, how to start a social movement, and it's about this—you know, you know—one guy dancing alone um, with his shirt off in the field is the weirdo until a second person joins them, and then a third person, and then 15 people come, and all of a sudden, it's—he's not so weird anymore. Yeah. Right now, there's only a few of us that are the like weirdos dancing in the field with our shirts off. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah,
0: it does. It does. But you're right. Once hundred people join, and then you've got like you know what's like, up like, yeah it's like exactly exactly
1: and I think slowly slowly
0: we're having uh, the
1: pandemic definitely exacerbated um, inequities in in the world, whether it's uh, economic equity, whether it's uh, gender inequity, um, and so women, women, women bore the brunt of the pandemic, definitely here in Canada. Um, not sure, probably similar situation in the U.S. Yeah. But the, what came from that though was it, it shone a light on how women were coping. And so now the tide is starting to turn. I think um, like women have come out of this hard time and are saying, "I don't like the way I feel about myself. Something's wrong. Something needs to go." I don't want to drink I, and it, and maybe it maybe they haven't connected the dots on the drinking yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just like, I'm so stressed still, I'm so anxious still. Why? And you know, slowly but surely, I think more and more women are finding out that I I really did drink too much, and now I'm can't can't control it anymore. Like mm-hmm. now I'm a little bit beyond. I'm into the gray area drinking zone. Yeah, I'm yeah. not being able to control it, um, and so it's it'll be interesting to see how our culture shifts, it's going to take a long time, mm. a long time. But, um, if you look back at ads, uh, tobacco ads from the 1950s with women's women smoking while they're pregnant, like yeah. smoking the best cigarette for for the two of you. Oh Can God. you imagine I like can't. so cringy.
0: <laughs> it's right. insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a weird way, I think you're right that the, this pandemic has has changed the way that we, that we live. And it's given us a, a a chance or a forced opportunity to, to slow down, which gives you a minute to reflect on the way that you feel and the things that you're doing and your habits. And, and I, and I hope that these conversations like we're having peak some kind of interest in a way to think about things differently. Like, you know, maybe you don't sleep and you oh, I have insomnia and I just can't lose the weight, but you never once thought about maybe it's that glass of wine every night that's interrupting your REM sleep. That's causing you to crave carbs yeah. the next day yeah. or, you know, whatever yeah. it happens to be. And, and we just, don't,
1: because we don't know we we're, we have never yeah. been educated. It's, it's like a secret information. Yeah. And then you you read it and you're like, oh well, no wonder why I can't sleep. Yeah. Why didn't I find out about this when I was 15?
0: Yeah. Why is no one <laughs> like, telling anyone? Why is yeah. nobody telling
1: anyone about this? Yeah. And this is the foundation actually. And um, you know, I think this is you know, I I've tried to figure out sort of with, with some goodcleanfun.com, like, you know, what it, what it, what do we what do people want to read? And of course they all want the fun drink recipes, right? But I feel like this is great. I can get them in the door with the, the, the fun drink recipes, but also provide some of this basic rethinking drinking education that, um, that. you know, just to, to open their eyes a little bit about
0: how to find, how to live with true balance. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's a fun recipe, but here's why it matters. Um, Yeah. yeah. This is so, oh God, there's just so much. I want to, I do want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about how you got to this point? Like, how did you come into this information? What was the turning point for you? Like, why did you change your life? And How has your life changed since you've moved away from alcohol?
1: So I would say I was, um, you know, I was definitely a career drinker in my 20s. I loved to drink, like, from the moment I started, like, started really loving wine, like really tasting wine I loved wine I loved uh never liked beer but I mean that doesn't matter but so in my 20s I was kind of the usual like party animal loved going out loved talking to people and if I couldn't go out somewhere I'd be like well I'm gonna have wine at home because you know because I can't go out so I'm gonna have wine at home um I had two kids in my early 30s so you know you quit drinking during your pregnancy and then you go right back to it and I would say things really started to Kind of go downhill after I had my my second child, um, because that's when I started really leaning on having a glass of wine every day, uh, just to cope with some of the realities of working as a casino marketer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to like live in that world, Um, and uh, then you know being a mom, being there for my kids, you know household duties, husband, be a good wife, and you know have a relationship with my husband. And um, I would say by my late thirties, I was definitely, I knew there was a problem. I knew that I had a problem. Um, I wasn't a blackout drinker. I was just constantly like in the evenings drinking wine all the time. And there was, there was several years where I, I was really like, I don't, I don't like how much I'm drinking wine. doesn't even taste good anymore. So I switched out my wine to like more expensive wine because I was like, well, I'm losing my taste for the mm-hmm. the $20 bottle. I need $30 or whatever. And I really dug into like learning how to taste wine and like, it's my taste buds. Like I, I'm maturing and- You're sophisticated. You know? Yeah. yeah. You
0: drink, you drink really good quality, expensive yeah. wine.
1: <laughs> and I had a really good friend who um, also drank a ton and I would love going out with her because- she would make an ass of herself and so would I. And then we'd, we'd kind of commiserate and be hung over the next morning. Um, we, 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 our kids are exactly the same age. And so she's just a little bit older than I am. And so um, she sort of um, started cutting back. Like she, I, she started cutting back a little bit, but then, but then went right back to kind of the same, same level of drinking. But when she did that, I was starting to, when she started cutting back, I was like, I, sh- I really need to pay attention to this and um you know what seeing her with a different lens when she would act you know act crazy and like do foolish stuff yeah. i was like oh my god i don't want to turn into that like she was a little bit I, i'm not going to mention any names she was probably further down the path than i was at the time of of you know binge drinking um you know not sure how she was getting home she would, it those were the type of things that scared me and i'm like i don't want to end up like that yeah i had i had two moments i had, one horrifying, horrifying morning where I realized that I had driven home drunk, oh, no. plastered, plastered. Ugh. But somehow I had persuaded myself that it was okay for me to drive home, and it was it was late. It was like probably one o'clock in the morning, and it was a short distance. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like anything right. could have happened in that yeah. moment, in th- those like three minutes in the car. Yeah, um, and then. The, um, then I had like a, I went to a Christmas party and it was open bar. And that's probably one of the few times I've ever blacked out. So I've, I've, i probably had like maybe three days or four days of my whole life where, where I blacked out. And, um, you know, I, I fell asleep on the bathroom floor mm. down in our basement in our basement bathroom. And my husband was so mad. He's like, look what you're doing to, you know, you, the kids are watching you. You can't control yeah. yourself. Like what's wrong with you. Mm. And that was a turning point. That's where I was like, yeah, this is. This has got to go Um, from there. It was a really short time period between um, like, I I tried to moderate a little bit for a few months and that didn't work. And then somewhere in my network, I can't remember how somebody said, you should read this naked mind. And I was like, yes, I'm going to read it. And I love the naked mind because when you open the book, she's like, you don't need to stop drinking right now. But by the end of this book, you're not going to want to. Right. And I was (laughs) like, okay, I believed her. I was like, this is great. And sure enough, by the end of the book, I was like, well, I'm kind of now I see it for what it is. I did her 30 day alcohol free program. Like it, it was a, like the, it's called the alcohol experiment and it's, it was free. I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was free and I did the work. I did the work. I wrote, I, I wrote, like I went online onto the little module every day and wrote down like how I'm feeling and luckily COVID hit. So I couldn't go anywhere. There was no temptations. I could just like burrow into my home, my home life and be miserable with no other temptations. It's miserable. Yeah. It's miserable when you've like had <laughs> a habit that borders on an addiction. I'm going to say it. I have to say it because I think that anybody at my level, it's, it it was an addiction. Um, I was a high performing, I wouldn't say I'm a high performing alcoholic, but I was a high performing, like, um, you know, person with alcohol use disorder. Yeah. Um, I hate to put labels on things, but that's how I kind of see myself because I didn't ever hit, like sort of hit rock bottom. That doesn't matter. You don't, hitting rock bottom
0: doesn't like, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You don't need a rock um, bottom to understand where you are. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need a rock bottom, but
1: it happens. And so, I mean, I think at the end of the day for those 30 days, it was miserable um, but joyful, at the same time, every day I would have a victory. I got stronger and mentally stronger and mentally stronger. I'm like, oh my god, look at me, look what I can do. And like, there were some slips along the road after that 30 days. Um, probably six or seven months went by where I was like, I had an anniversary and I had a, you know, I had a glass of wine at dinner, and then my husband's like, let's get a bottle of wine on the way home. You know, drank too much, felt like crap, and I'm like, oh, well, off the wagon, get back on the next day. Yeah. And then, you know, one or two other times, where I really said, "That's it, I'm done," and like I don't drink anymore, was my daughter on Christmas Day. I had a glass of wine at dinner. I don't know why I bought a bottle of wine for Christmas dinner because my husband doesn't like wine. (laughs) Interesting. Why did I do that? But I was like, well, it's for the family. Like, who's drinking it for you? For me. <laughs> so he had, he had a glass of wine and I had a glass of wine and my daughter was furious with me. Furious because, and so she's um, she's just turned 13. So she was 12 and a half at the time. And she's like, she's very articulate. And she was like, this is really disappointing. I'm so mad at you. You disappointed me. You promised wow. I, you're working, you're working so hard, mom. And look what you're doing. Why are you having that glass of wine? I was like, oh my God.
0: Oh my God, why, am I? I you're like, why? And yeah, then why? why? Why am I having this glass of wine? Is this worth all of the work yeah, and to see the disappointment I, on her face? Yeah, yeah, but I
1: snapped at her because of course I'm protective of like this happens. You get protective of your booze, right? And your habits because it's it's shining a light on something that you are already uncomfortable with inside. You know yeah. you're not supposed to be having that glass of wine and you're you're trying to figure out why, but you're doing it anyway. And then your 13, your 12 and a half year old daughter is like. <laughs> Oh, I'm so disappointed in you. We're like, oh, ah! <laughs> the shame. Shame. So I'm like, yeah, leave me alone. I'm a grown up. I can make my yeah. own decisions. And then afterwards, yeah. I apologized and I said, I'm sorry. You were right. Like I shouldn't oh. have had that. Um, so that was it. That was sort of when I I said I'm I'm kind of done. I really I don't like the way I don't like myself when I drink. I was starting to really feel sick all the time, like just because of the amount I was drinking. I was probably having at least two or three glasses of wine a night mm-hmm. because that's sort of normalized. I was like, well, I'd have a glass when I got home from work. Cause damn mom's tired. And then when I'm making dinner, having a glass of wine. And then of course, like you're cleaning up the kitchen, you're busy. You're putting, making the kids lunches for the next day or whatever you're doing in the evening, you're busy. And then at bedtime, I'm like, oh, I put the kids to bed. Okay. Now it's time for mommy's glass of wine. Finally, I could sit down and have mom time. I'm having a glass of wine
0: because those right. other two didn't count. Right. That was just to get you through everything. Yeah, that was just to get me through. This is now the (laughs) party.
1: This is now the party, like that I, not the party, but like that. This is mom time. Yeah. Right. This is like, woo, mom gets to read a chapter of her book across the line. Right. (laughs) Party time. And that, like, I was starting to feel like at the end there, just so, like, so sick, sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and so mad at myself. Like, why can't I control this? And when I read, I read quit like a woman. I read Annie grace. Um, they just, it just blew my mind because it explained everything Yeah, that I can overcome this. The science says so <laughs> the science <laughs> says so it says it's here's mm-hmm. it is in black and white, that it's an addictive substance that when you stop taking it, your addiction goes away.
0: Mm-hmm. the more it, you drink it, the more you're going to want to drink it because your body is trying yeah. to regulate that homeostasis even if it's intoxicated (laughs) yes yes
1: and so that's that was kind of the the like that's my journey that's sort of where I where I um sort of came how I came out of the woods and into the clear and you had asked um a second question you know how my how is life now how am I feeling and I mean I can't I I still every you know everybody or tries to articulate this but it's so difficult to articulate just how incredible it is. Like it doesn't solve all your problems. If you have serious depression and anxiety, quitting drinking will help it, but it's not going to make it go away, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have other health problems, I don't, you know, drink qu- quitting drinking is probably a good thing if you have some serious health problems. Yeah. But overall, overall, I would say the joy, the true joy comes from being able to cope with life better. Mm-hmm. All the things come together in a really holistic way. All of a sudden you're sleeping better, you're less cranky, you're have you're building stronger relationships with the people around you because you're less snippy mm-hmm. because you're you know, you know haven't had enough sleep. Your yeah. body starts looking better because you're drinking water, drinking more like things that are not alcohol, the the mm-hmm. toxins are coming out of your system. Um, you know, a year and so this would be I'm almost uh, well I'm almost so, April, April 6th, 2020. So right at the beginning of the pandemic was when I started the 30 day program. Um, So it's been like a year and like four or five months. And it's been, I I think, you know, I'd say once every three months at this point, I get a bit of a craving yeah, because I'm in a situation where it's been a hard day or something like that, but it goes away really quickly. Um, And so there's no connection anymore. There's no desire I can make it through the Jewish holidays without, you know, my in-laws drink a lot. And so we were there the other night and for Rosh Hashanah. And I brought, actually, I forgot, oh, I forgot my bottle of really great alcohol-free wine or uh, sparkling wine. yeah. And my mother, my mother-in-law had peach sparkling wine for the kids. And I'm like, perfect. It's great. It's perfect for me. And I noticed around the table and here's, this is, um, This is another topic, not topic, and I don't want to maybe go down that rabbit hole just yet, but um, I talk a lot about inclusive hospitality Mm -hmm. and um, when you have options around the table that are not alcohol, people who may not feel like drinking feel more included because then they can choose. Maybe I don't, but if there's nothing else except water or wine, they'll go for the wine because they feel like it's not fun to have water. Um, what I noticed at this recent family get together is that usually my husband would drink a lot with people around the table and my sister-in-law usually has like a glass of wine or something. And people drank a lot less. There weren't, there wasn't as much like vodka being tossed back. And my husband was like, no, I'm not, I'm good. I don't feel like drinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He had the, like, he had the like little bit of kosher wine for the blessing. And like, that was it. And my brother-in-law and a family friend had one shot and then they were like, yeah, that's good. We're good. And I have to wonder, is it because I've set the tone? It's not all about me, but like, I, I've like, no, no, thanks.
0: I'm going to have the peach sparkling one. That's great. You've given them the ability to do something differently as well.
1: Yes. So lead the field, Mm -hmm. like lead the field. If you know, you're like, as being rebellious and choosing, making that choice, um, you, you create, you're, you're being a leader and creating opportunity for other people to also live in balance. You're, yeah. t- you're, you're the, you're the first one with your shirt off. Yeah, exactly. you safe for other people <laughs> to dance in the field with their, with yeah. their shirt off. Anybody jumping into the podcast right at this moment is not going to understand what we're talking about. <laughs> Take, <your shirt> <laughs> Take your shirt off at the table, everyone. That's what Sarah Kate says. Um, so yeah, that was the, that's, that is like, truly the joy in this is that um you know i'm feeling awesome i'm feeling great and feeling healthy i'm you know i ate so much sugar when i first started first went down this path by the way yeah i gained so much weight because i was like i'm just focusing on one thing yeah i'm just going to focus on this one thing i'm not going to let anything else distract me i'm not going to try and like go go to the gym right away and like start like you know bodybuilding yeah. um not that there's anything wrong with that but i was just like i knew my tendency was in life to like overdo everything yeah and i'm like i think this time i'm just going to do this one thing for myself and gained a ton of weight ate like honestly like
0: bags of chocolate covered almonds every day <laughs> <laughs> your body was craving that sugar i think that's yeah normal. that happens yeah. i think a lot of times when people reduce their alcohol consumption their body's like whoa where did that sugar go? I would like them. Yeah. And so, yes. you know, the sweets come out yeah. the things that you wouldn't yeah. normally eat. And yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Um, I, since then, I've kind of, I've gone back to a like healthier balanced, like I don't, I don't really care about the number on the scale, but I'm much healthier now. Like I'm choosing a lot more, um, uh, you know, actually I'm not practicing intuitive eating just yet the way that like our friend, Rachel Melinda would do it. Um, yeah. But I'm starting to think more along that, those lines of like, what do I need right now? What does my body need? What what is going to be okay and healthy? Yeah. Am I, you know, and not like judging eating chocolate covered almonds? Yeah, um, that's been really helpful too to like um, just this overall sense of like happiness and joy is like understanding that there's balance in everything mm-hmm. we do, and that includes eating, drinking, exercise, uh, relationships, even you know the way that you approach relationships. So yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Things and it are served good. Its purpose. Yeah, and you know you use what you need in that moment like you were saying like what do i need right now? I think at that point in time you needed chocolate covered almonds because that's how you were going to stop drinking. And this is a it's a journey, it's a long road, it's your life. It's not just this period of time, it's not these 30 days. It's life for the long haul, for every day that you're here. So if for 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is, those chocolate almonds are getting you past the point yeah. of needing or wanting to drink then you 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 know you get to a place where then you start to kind of look at you're no longer so focused on not drinking you can now focus on the foods that you're eating and the relationships and the quality of the conversations yes. and and i think it's yeah. just one step at a time Yeah, in anything, whether it's learning how to eat intuitively or losing weight or cutting back on alcohol, like it's so important to not overwhelm yourself to the point that you just give up on all of it, and you, you know, put yourself in a position where you are now looking to cope with all the changes you're trying to make with the habit that you're trying to avoid. Yes, yes,
1: yes. And I was just thinking too that like, um, healthy habits. We, you know, healthy habits take reinforcement. So mm-hmm. starting a 30, doing a 30 day program is great, but it's not going to, it's not the end of, and actually the 30 day program, what I've told some people have reached out to me is if you can't, if you don't think you can right now, like just go completely alcohol free and you're not interested in that for 30 days, mm-hmm. then practice mindful drinking for 30 days, mm-hmm. practice like cutting back one, um, one glass here and there, because this is about the rest of your life. Yeah. And it takes effort to get to your goals of being happy and healthy. It takes effort and you can't give up. You have to figure out what works for you and put Mm -hmm. in the effort. And so if you want to be healthy and healthier and happier, and you know that you're not really happy with how much you're drinking, start, start with something that is like a small goal, but put in the effort, create Mm -hmm. small goals for yourself. Like, you know, this month I'm going to practice 30 days of mindful drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or this year, the first week of every month, I'm not going to drink, and I'm going to reset my system. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know. So this isn't about. Um, so, it, you know, I, I've never, I've never liked the idea of like cold turkey. I'm quitting mm-hmm. drinking right away. I'm sick of myself. I hate myself. I'm quitting. That's it. I've done that. I and I lasted yeah. like four days.
0: Right <laughs> until you start to feel better, and then
1: you're like, "Mommy needs a drink." <laughs> yeah, then you forget. You forget. Right. Until you start reading the books and still use until you start educating yourself and reading the books, you understand why you do that. And you're like, Oh, here I am at the four day mark. Well, I'm going to be stronger than my, whatever's happening in my brain. I'm going to make it through to the fifth day to the sixth day. And then once you get past 10 days, you've kind of made it over that that hump a bit. Um, But yeah, so I was going to say that it's, it really is the practicing Whatever your goal is, every day that it can't end at the thirty-day mark, like Dry January, I, I I like the idea of these months, but I wish people would try, keep going, like once mm-hmm. the, and take what they've learned from those yeah. dry, from Dry January and apply it to February and March yeah. and April and May, um, and approach it as like a I'm not feeling great about myself. I want to put some effort into this area, yeah. doing the Dry January, and then like really like okay, what have I learned from this? How am I feeling? can i can i start keep practicing some of
0: this in my life but we we tend to like dry january done yeah it's almost like dry january is just getting you you're just restricting until you get into a place where you can have all the drinks that you want it's like you know a restrictive diet where you're like i'm not going to have my favorite dessert yeah. for oh, you know yeah. two weeks until i get back from vacation and then you're going to oh. binge on that favorite dessert so it's like what's the intention behind dry january is that to really take a look at how you feel when you Remove that, or is that just to boost your ego and show yourself that you can do it until you then get to do it, you know, double or, you know, kind of binge on it later? So I think, I think, I think sometimes people are just afraid to see how they'll feel. It's almost like, you know, you're saying it doesn't, you don't have to do anything in such an extreme that you say, I'll never do this again, or I'm a non drinker now as of today. Just experimenting the other direction, just experimenting. And trying it, just see how you mm-hmm. feel. If you don't yeah. feel great, try it. Cause you might feel better. You might not. And you might continue the way, you know, you were the same habits and that's fine, but you may feel better and that's okay. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are so afraid that yeah. if they toe that line or, you know, dip a toe in, they won't be able to come back and they're not ready to yeah. give that up and you can do whatever you want. So yeah. Yeah. You that. make the rules, yeah. you make the rules, but you put in the effort. Yeah,
1: it's up to you to set your goals and figure out what works for you and put in the effort. Yeah, um, I think this is the one thing that I've actually learned learned from all of this is that I never truly. I've run half marathons um, and been successful at them, but I've never been successful at like weightlifting to get healthy and that kind of thing because there's no end goal, right? Um, so what I've learned from this is that. You have to have a goal to put in the effort. I mean, having even a 30 day or a one week goal, Mm -hmm. um, gives you a goal to work for. And then you know where to put the effort in and you can then assess afterwards. Like, how did I feel running that half marathon, for instance, or how did I feel in that one week without alcohol? And you can see that the reward of your efforts within that goal. So I think goals are goals and effort are super important is like is like you've got to put in the work mm. and you can't just do it half-assed or not half-assed the the goal has to be something manageable for you and right. you make your own rules of what that goal is and how that's right. going to work but you got to put in the effort you can't say I'm going to quit drinking
0: and then not try <laughs> right right exactly it's like manifesting you can't just wish for something and the universe drops it in your lap you have to still take the steps to get to that manifestation you know, you put, Brent put battery. it out there and then yeah. work towards it. It doesn't just come to you. Yeah, <laughs> you actually, well, I
1: I manifested that I was going to be on your podcast. And <laughs> then
0: I got on your podcast <laughs> and it's so funny. I had just listened to the manifestation to be magnetic with Lacey Phillips. And then I found you and I'm like, Oh my God, yes, yeah. crazy. I've been looking we were for on the same like vibration. Hers. Yeah. Yeah. Same vibration. That's so
1: funny.
0: Um, That's something else too. You were talking about how you feel better and how, everything changes when you kind of remove alcohol from your life. And I I feel, and this sounds like woo-woo, but it's so true. I feel like I vibrate at a higher frequency. So when I have drinks, even if it's now, you know, I used to binge drink. I blacked out every time I drank, like I was that person, but, and and I still do drink and I I want to get to a place where I don't anymore. And there've been three month periods, two weeks, like it's a lot less than it used to be. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, especially considering what it used to look like, but I'm definitely on that journey to just eliminating it because now I know I I feel the difference. I see the difference and I vibrate on a much lower frequency. Even if I've had two glasses of wine, you know, once a week or something like that, my energy is different. My communications different. The effort I put into my business is different. The mm-hmm. way that I interact with my kid is a little bit different. The foods that I eat and what I kind of want to eat, even though I'm not hungover, I'm my energy is different. And hundred percent, it's not woo woo at all. It's not woo yeah. woo at all. I
1: hundred, I one hundred percent believe in the operating at a high high vibration. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're the frequency you're on. And, it, you know, you can do so much when you are at, when you are working from your highest self
0: mm-hmm. in
1: that, in that high vibration, um, you can get so much done. And it's, and as soon as your brain starts to get fogged by something that's not, not natural for it, um, even sugar sometimes makes me go bonkers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. like lowers my <laughs> vibration. Yeah. Um, and it affects too. So I really, truly believe too, that vibration is impacted by how, you are treating other people like um so leaving other people with a feeling of of an increase in themselves and that vibration comes back at you right Mm. so that their their vibration goes up and then you get you get that vibration back and it's yeah um like it's like magic but when when you are when you can't show up with in, in like operating from your highest self then you are you're not Leaving somebody with a feeling of increase. You're not feeling like leaving them with a feeling of, of, um, you've, they've, they've benefited from being around you. Yeah. They're operating then from you're, you're lowering your frequency. They've lowered their frequency. And it's like, you that's know, what you get magnets back. that don't, yeah. that's what you get back. Yeah. And this is something I've learned in the last year and a half, too. I, I didn't know any of this before because I don't have, I never had the time to, yeah. to understand these things. And then, you know, opening up all these doors to self-development and understanding myself. And let me tell you, uh, this has also been a journey of peeling back the layers. You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to not only do the work and put in the effort physically and not drink, like you know, work on not drinking, work on strategies. You also have to do the work Mm -hmm. internally and So I've peeled back a ton of layers of the onion, nowhere near the center yet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But part of that was learning about um, and really understanding like um, sort of the manifestation and vibration and like the universe. And it's been so interesting. And yeah, probably a year ago, I would have been like, that's woo woo. Right. (laughs) I actually like really believe it works, especially now, like, you know, things are coming together for... For um, myself and my family, and little in little ways that I'm just like, oh, look at that. That was the universe. Everything's
0: always working out for me. Yeah, it's magical. And the more you lean into that, the more it happens for you. You know, it's almost like when you just kind of lift that curtain, it's like you're limitless. I feel limitless when I'm not kind of dampered down by something like alcohol like I feel limitless like I can do anything I can achieve anything I'm on my way things are happening the universe is working in my favor like I feel that so so much when I don't have anything interfering
1: yeah you and you get um mental and physical time back you actually get mental and physical time back because that time that you would have spent being in a fog, a bit of a fog. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not always true, right? Because sometimes you're, you're with your girlfriends and you're really enjoying that time. Mm
0: -hmm. It's for
1: me, it was like when I was drinking through glasses of wine at night, because I was just trying to cope with life. Yeah. There's a lot of time spent in when am I getting, where am I picking up that bottle of wine? how can I zone right. out? I'm going to drink this wine and just sit in, like a lump in front of the TV. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm like, I'm taking over the universe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm growing, I'm growing a global movement. Like yeah. two years ago that that was in in the cards, but yeah. you're, you're right. You feel like you can, you feel like you can do anything. You're invincible. You're not actually invincible, but like you, it's this feeling of just, uh, yeah you can get up, you know, that you're going to get up in the morning and have a hundred percent effort or like energy and effort, even on your bad days, your bad days are better than hungover days.
0: Yes. That is so, so true. That is so true. That's such a good point. That's funny. You said that because there were, there were definitely things I did in my high school and college years where I made that choice. Also, I was like, you know what? I would rather just feel Normal, which isn't like exciting and fun, but it's normal, then feel as bad as I do when other things are like leaving my body. And the same goes for alcohol. It's like feeling normal and feeling like yourself is so much better than feeling hungover. And as we get older, being hungover is like a three day affair. So if you do that every weekend, that's, you know, that's like how many days of the month are you wasting? So that is very true.
1: Actually, the older you get, I do know, like, so I, I don't know, I think I said this earlier, but I'm 44. And so I have found that now when I get together with friends, nobody, people are hardly drinking anymore at this age. Yeah. You know, people are, yeah. there are still drinkers, but, um, the, you know, I went to a, my friend's backyard last Friday, just, it was a five, five women. And I I think that she had like four or five bottles of wine there for us to drink. And I brought my own alcohol-free champagne. And I think only like one bottle the whole night got drank and like one cooler, (laughs) like one can of something. Yeah. You know, because we're also so busy talking and like being present with each other. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And that is not, that is not what I meant to say here. What I meant to say is that we're all, everybody was talking about how long it takes them to recover from drinking. Yeah, It's a thing now, (laughs) this is this conversation. I'm like, listen to us. We're talking about our like, you know, how old we are like (laughs) recovering from hangovers, but it's true. It's, um, you know, many women in my network have said, I can't have two glasses of wine anymore. I I don't feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's as we get older, our metabolisms change and, this is when I come in and I say, preventative wellness, preventative health,
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: have that glass of wine.
0: Yeah, at all. And you don't have to recover from it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't have that glass of wine. Um, and really try and understand why you're having that glass of wine. If, mm-hmm. if you are feeling like there's no point, if it's just going to make you feel that crummy, yeah. um, especially now as we're as as we're aging, and you know, things happen to women's bodies at late 40s, early 50s, mm-hmm. right? And um,
0: you start to realize at my age that you're not young forever, <laughs> right? I know my husband is; he's forty six. I'm thirty nine. I'll be forty this year, but he's forty six, and he's always like, like he can't have two beers. And he used to tour in bands, like he did the whole rock star thing, where you expect that they're oh, like wasted sweet. all the time. And I don't think he was, because he's always been, you know, not really on that bandwagon, but definitely lived that life, right? And now he's like. I can't, I can't do, I can't do two Bud Lights, And I'm like, Bud Light is like water. And he's like, Kristen, it's different. Like you'll see when you're 46 and I'm like, nah, you're just like lame. Oh no. I'm just kidding. No, I think it's great. I, I love that he is not like everyone in my life has always been like a drinking partner and he's not. And I think that's why we're so solid. And it's been, it's great. I, I love that he's not that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is funny. Like even now, if I have like a glass of wine or two, like I'm like, wow, I'm not 100. That's interesting. But yeah. you, you made me think of something. Um, like sitting around with your girlfriends and and having fun. And I think one one point is if you can't have great conversation with someone without alcohol, you should probably reevaluate your friendships. Like yeah. who are you spending your time with, and yes. do you want to be spending your time with them? Yeah. And two, yeah. have you ever read the book The Art of Gathering? No, it's been recommended to me. I haven't read it yet either, but it's on my list. Mm. I feel like it's really important in this conversation, because it focuses around like when you go to a birthday party, sit near the person whose birthday it is when you go to a dinner party, like (gasps) make sure you go and you see the host and you have a conversation with them and to remember Mm. why you're at a baby shower or an anniversary dinner or a wedding because all those events can be seen as like just an opportunity to get drunk or to have free drinks or whatever it happens to be when in reality like that's not the purpose of the gathering at all so I thought that was an interesting I need to read that book a friend of mine had recommended it and I wasn't sure if you had read it yet
1: no and that I think I'm going to read it and review it because um because part of this conversation is about how over the last 20 years, all of our relationships have revolved around alcohol Mm -hmm. and how good are those, all of them. Like, even if you realize it or not, that we have forgotten how to have conversations with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, Um, another girlfriend of mine, she said that she and her girlfriends got together and they decided they weren't going to drink. They were just going to hang out. And it was really, really hard. Yeah. It was hard for them to do that. And that, that was like painful to hear because, but that was that light bulb where I realized we have forgotten how to be friends. Mm -hmm. We have forgotten how to be present for the people in our lives Mm -hmm. as a whole, as a culture, we've, we've forgotten how to gather. So the Mm -hmm. art of gathering, it sounds like an incredible book because that's, that's such a valid point. Go Mm -hmm. sit next to the the, the woman who's having the baby
0: mm-hmm.
1: and talk to her, don't stand around the mamosas table. Right. <laughs> why do you, and why do they have, sorry, this is not, no judgment for anyone listening, but why is there always so much booze at baby showers when the main person can't even drink?
0: I know. I always think about like the first birthday party too. You always have like what tons of beer, alcohol shots. First birthday parties are like the parents, like go wild in the afternoon on a Saturday. And I've been there, done that plenty of times. It's the only way I was going Thanks. to a first birthday party, but Thanks. like, wow, that's pretty messed up. You know, when you actually think yeah. about it again, yeah. no judgment I've done. Yeah, no times, judgment but-
1: no judgment at all. I actually, um, just on a sidebar, I was out uh, running or riding my bike the other day. And so it was the weekend and I, I r- ran through the park and there was a, a picnic table covered in a pink, um, Tablecloth and a one balloon and a bunch of loot bags and mom standing around with with plastic <laughs> cups and I was like they're drinking wine but I thought about it and I was like uh my mom never had a first birthday party for myself or my two sisters yeah I don't even think we had a second like I mean we had cake at home and we had like maybe my grandparents came over and kissed us on the forehead but like yeah this goes hand in hand. It's, it's all tied together and I'm not going to blame alcohol for everything, but it's, you know, it is, it has become another reason to gather and drink Mm -hmm. and a first birthday, a second birthday. we and that's just an example. We've created scenarios yeah, like drinking on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game. Mm -hmm. Um, It, it used to be like, if any, when I was playing soccer, there's no parents didn't do that. (sighs) No. And now going to your kid's games has become a reason for parents to congregate and, and have their mugs of stuff to drink on the sidelines. So, um, the conversation has shifted about parenting yeah. and provision of joy for our children. Yeah. And, you know, there were times when I would, I would not even be watching my kids soccer game or swim meet. I, swim meets different. Swim meets different. too early in the morning for booze, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> soccer games and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, so so back to the first birthday party. There's like you know no judgment for those women. They're having a good time, but I'm like, where have we gotten to as a culture that this 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 is an excuse? Just it's just it's not the baby doesn't know,
0: right? It's not about the baby at all. (laughs) And there's pink loot bags, and I'm like, what's happening? I thought
1: back to the uh, Rachel, my daughter's Rachel, her first birthday. Um, We just had people over to our house, so but I did it was like there was lots of drinks lots yeah. of drinks and like you know balloons and stuff like that so um it's a, it's become a new r- it, it has it become a new rite of passage for the baby or the or is it a rite of passage for the parents back into like our kids won now we can get back to like partying again maybe
0: yeah yeah I know it's interesting and it's something I struggle with like part of me is like oh God, this year it's a birthday. I don't have to work. That's the thing. I'm not working today. I've got all my family on Zoom, and I've got this cute little baby, and he's so happy, and it's his birthday. Like, let's have some champagne. Who cares if it's eleven in the morning? No, like I have to remember, like that's not, yeah, not how it should be. I don't want to say that it's not normal because it actually is normal. It is normal. That's what people do. But yeah, it, it doesn't have to be my normal.
1: Yeah, and I think it doesn't have to be that, your normal. Yeah. yeah.
0: So also we haven't
1: talked about this area yet and we could, you know, this could be another rabbit hole, so maybe stay away from it totally. But, um, the, that's when I say have the champagne, but have alcohol-free champagne Yeah, because you're still, you're elevating your own experience. You're elevating there. It's an elevated option. So instead of saying, I'm not going to drink, I'm going to have water. I mean, if it's 11am, make yourself a fancy coffee. Yeah. So there's lots of there's lots of alcohol-free spirits out there now that are excellent quality that are like have espresso espresso liqueur, amaretto liqueur, Amazing. um, you know, make yourself a really fancy fancy coffee or have an alcohol-free champagne. Mm-hmm. Um today I just we did a photo shoot today for the magazine and um I was thinking about Earl Grey tea in um bubbles and bubbles put together. Oh. And so I had done some research. And so I um, you know, sort of riffed on a couple of different recipes and made an earl gray syrup out Ooh. of earl gray tea. It's a little bit, this isn't that complicated, but it's a little bit more fancy than you know, yeah. most people would want to go to. But um I made some earl gray syrup and then and, and earl gray tea as well. And I mixed uh, you know a tablespoon of the syrup, some earl gray, half a cup of earl gray tea, and then I filled up the rest of the cup with um alcohol free, the best alcohol free champagne. Ooh. and it was delightful
0: it was delightful oh my gosh that sounds right? delicious
1: so that's why that's the next phase of this around the next phase that's the next kind of piece is like you don't have to miss out on the feeling of being celebr- celebratory mm-hmm. you can have an elevated experience without the alcohol um, yeah. and be present but feel like you are, in, are experiencing something fun and yeah. something grown up, like it's not a tonic water or a, or a soda, uh, like, yeah. a, you know, Pepsi or, you know, or just plain water. Mm-hmm. Um, the world out there now in alcohol-free spirits and, and beer and wine and, and sparkling wine is just, it's exploding. There's so yeah. many good products that there isn't any good reason in my mind anymore. And this is, this is my opinion, no judgment again, but like there really isn't any reason why somebody couldn't have a great drink. Mm-hmm. that is alcohol free at any event at any place. There's no reason why movie theaters shouldn't be carrying mm-hmm. great alcohol free beer. There's no reason why bowling alleys shouldn't be carrying alcohol free drinks. Yeah. Um, and why people shouldn't be stocking up their own houses with it. So that they can have
0: auctions when they maybe don't feel like drinking. Yeah. And I think the more that we you know, the more that the the demand is there, the more they will. Like these new, like we have Kinuforix and we have Mm Seedlib and we have a lot of new alcohol-free spirits that that didn't exist four or five years ago. So the fact that these companies are now creating these, these cocktails, um, you know, and then there's another company that's competing with them. And then there's, there's a market for this. And all of a sudden you start having these products, I think then you know, companies follow the money. Right. So I think then movie yeah. theaters will start to have, yeah. you know, an alcohol-free, yeah. um, whatever Many. it happens to be. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the more that yeah. we, we demand, we, the, the more that there's a yeah. demand for that and yeah. this wellness culture continues to permeate. I think that we'll see a little bit more of that. Yeah. What's your favorite cocktail to make at home? Like in terms of simplicity. So if somebody wanted to put something together after work, they're kind of new to this, what's something yeah. satisfying, but simple that they could put together to get kind of that same, like adult elevated feeling at the end of like a yeah. long day. Okay. So one, my go-to
1: recently, like as
0: the weather's kind of getting cooler here
1: is I love, there's a line of alcohol-free spirits called Lyres, L-Y-R-E. Apostrophe. Mm, yes available in the U S and Canada. Um, they have an American malt whiskey. So I've been having like whiskey and Cokes.
0: Oh my goodness. It's alcohol free.
1: It's alcohol wow. it incredible. It's exceptional. It is an exceptional product. Um, there's also free spirits, which is, um, which is uh, from California. Okay. And they have a bourbon. So if you want a bourbon and Coke, you could do that, but I'd say wow. the liars. Amer- yeah. Liars. American malt is so good. They also carry um uh well so and, okay. So I'm gonna give you my second, my second kind of go-to. Not everybody's gonna like. Wait a second, sorry, I have three. So that, <laughs> the American malt, the Liars American malt is one. There's also one um most people have heard of like an Aperol spritz.
0: Yeah, that's very popular, so, especially in the summer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Liars makes um, makes i a, a, a really great. It's called Italian Italian Spritz. I think it's called. Um, there's other There's other brands out there that make sort of like a, a an, an orange bitter, an alcohol free orange bitter. The there's like there are Italian brands that specifically make aperitivos that are non alcoholic, because that's wow. what is, that's what like you know is sort of more normalized there to have the sort of alcohol free aperitivo you can mix that. So any of those sort of bitter orange syrups with, um, alcohol-free champagne Ooh. and you've got like, you've got a pretty darn good spritz. Ooh. Um, and that, that is more of a summery drink yeah, for sure. Um, but that's two ingredients, super simple. Um, then two ingredients, the American malt and Coke is like, um, is two ingredients. And then the third one, not everybody's going to like this because I'm I'm really specific about taste sometimes, but I really loved uh, white wine. Like that was my thing. Like cool climate Chardonnays were like, (laughs) (laughs) right. And I have searched far and wide for good alcohol-free white wine. It's hard to find, especially in Canada. We don't have access to the same brands as the U S does. So I'm sure there's ones out there. People are going to type into like, write comment on this podcast. Yeah. we have <laughs> she, really great... <laughs> she forgot about this one i just it's not available in canada yet yeah um, <laughs> but what i do is i take um. i have found um that white alcohol-free white vermouth there's a couple of different lines um and not to keep talking about liars they have a line of it but there's also um uh, roots r-o-o-t-s from greece they they both so liars and roots both have like a um like a white vermouth type product, alcohol free. And I mix that with tonic water, with okay. diet tonic water, because I don't like how regular tonic water is super sweet. Um, so I either do like low sugar tonic water
0: or diet tonic water. Okay. I'm writing um, it all down for anyone listening. Okay. I'm writing it all down so I can put it in the show notes so we can all Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. Also, well,
1: I was going to say too, I'll do, maybe I'll do a little page on some good, clean, fun with those three recos, and you can just yeah. direct people there. Yes. That would be um, amazing. Yeah. On some good, clean, fun too. There is a list of um, Sarah's top five. What are my go-to products? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm limited to Canadian things right now. It is more skewed Canadian, but you can get some of the products in the U S and, um, you know, you can also like, you know, you want to get a good gin. You want to get a good America, um, uh, you want to get a good, like a parity, like orange, bitter liqueur, like alcohol-free liqueur. Cause you can mix that in a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So I have, a, I have that too. And so okay. I really like to provide, when I say I'm an alcohol-free sommelier, this is what I do. I try every single product under the sun and I try and recommend what I think the best are for that situation yeah um, your or your budget level so if somebody comes and says I'm doing a, a bridal shower but I've only got 50 bucks I'm gonna say go to the grocery store and get the lower end um, alcohol-free wine but throw lots of fruit in it and let it soak overnight and no one's ever the wiser amazing <laughs> like right I love so it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of different like ways to you know depending on the scale of your event and your budget and stuff but um there there's uh, those are my three kind of the 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 three drinks are the American malt and coke the um the spritz and my (laughs) Italian like or my
0: uh, my vermouth vermouth and tonic (laughs) I want to try all of these now like I'm like oh these all sound so good like things I wouldn't even drink the alcoholic versions of they just sound so good like I want that sounds delicious and tasty and now I want to try it and I love that you do the research for us and kind of you know, um, compile all these recipes together. That's so cool.
1: I love it. It's so much fun. And I wasn't, I, you know, my final note on this, I think is like, I wasn't a cocktail drinker per se before I went down this road because it was so easy to open a bottle of wine. Right. Um, or I would go to a bar and I would get a cocktail and I'd be finished it in 30 seconds because it was such a small amount of liquid. And then I would get another one and another one, um, Really, I was just thirsty. I should have just been drinking water. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I think about it now, I'm like, damn, I should have had water. Yeah, um, chugging those those small cocktails. But um, yeah. I think the reason why I do what I do now is to um, I'm, I'm I'm I search for easy recipes that a busy woman can throw together quickly when their kids are having a tantrum and they mm-hmm. just need five minutes to <laughs> or, Yeah, <laughs> right. You just need something in a glass to hold and sit. And it's not even what's in the glass. It's sitting on a couch for five minutes with something in your hand and the actual like imbibing
0: of the liquid
1: in your body and the feeling your body gets from like relaxing and and ingesting some liquid, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is so healing in that moment. And you're also drinking something that's elevated. Yeah, You're not sitting on the couch with water. Like yeah, it's special. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mom time, mommy time. Yeah. And, and it, it, it helps. It helps if you have something, if I can enable women to make it easy, make yes. it easy. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate things. If you don't want to make
0: Earl Grey syrup, don't do it. Right. I did it because I was
1: obsessed <laughs> with like tasting Earl Grey syrup with champagne.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm and thinking like, also, a rosemary, yeah, yeah. like a rosemary, like a rosemary oh, simple syrup of some sort. Yes. Like I'm gonna have to message you separately to figure out what we can like mix with the herbs that I'm growing because that sounds really yes. exciting too. <laughs> yes, the
1: raspberry you can make a beautiful raspberry syrup, and I have a book here with a raspberry syrup recipe. Uh, sorry, a rosemary syrup recipe yeah. that I'm gonna have to look up. So um, okay. yeah, you can do lots with with that, and um, yeah, there's tons and tons of different like. If you're, so anybody listening to this who is um, really interested in cooking and passionate about food, this is a really interesting space to get into because you can, you can bring in this knowledge of cooking and some drinks, you know, in these, in these books that are um, written more for bartenders and mixologists um, sometimes it takes you a whole weekend to make the ingredients Mm -hmm. for, for a couple of drinks. Yeah, Uh, Depending on how, so you can, if you're really interested in cooking and, and the culinary world, you could really get into making alcohol-free drinks because it's a totally different world.
0: Get creative. It's a good way to express that creativity, to have that outlet, to focus on that primary food. (laughs) Yeah. a win-win. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Where can everyone find you? I want to make sure we get it right. So (laughs) where can everyone find you? your magazine, your, your page, any resources, please share the wealth so that we can keep this conversation going and everyone, you know, imbibing the healthy way.
1: Healthy way. Yeah. So we're at somegoodcleanfun.com um so you'll find all of our articles there and we send out a newsletter every Friday with a drink of the week so this week's uh drink is called the Hollywood and Vine because it's the film festival here in Toronto and um oh my I made it I made a drink for the Oscars back in in the spring and so I used drink to live right
0: week. by Hollywood and Vine that's did so you funny. yeah oh my gosh okay so
1: um <laughs> I'll have to send you well actually you'll have to sign up, for I, signed up. Actually, I think you did you did, so, did. You did sign up, so you'll get it <laughs> it's a little bit complicated. It's not easy. It's not that easy, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's delicious. So, but I, I do a drink of the week and, um, you know, and then, you know, just a recap on some of so the articles, so you can sign up for that. Um, also on Instagram, I, there's, I'm at, I, my personal account is some good, clean, fun doc. Uh, sorry, just some good, clean fun. Um, and I talk about more about my journey and advocating for, you know, uh, not normalizing. I guess, normalizing, um, not drinking, and sort of the alcohol-free lifestyle, and then rethinking drinking <laughs> is the te- is the page for the magazine. So that's I know it's a little complicated. No, but- no,
0: it makes, and okay. I'll put that in the in the show notes as well, so that um, okay. if anyone missed it or was confused, we've got it. And, yeah, um, I love this. This is this was such a great conversation. It came at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. I think that, especially now going into the holidays too, like your resources are so needed for anyone who's kind of like. Teetering on that you know experimental line and was like, well, I don't know what I would do around the holidays. like I'm sure you're gonna have resources and suggestions and stuff yeah, as we get closer yeah. to the holidays too. And lots of drinks,
1: lots of drinks, yeah. lots and lots like uh, actually the um, around like getting closer to you know uh, Christmas and American Thanksgiving, we have a whole bunch of like things planned for like various events that are very specific oh. to like if you're having hosting a, a hosting a work party, yeah. Um, or here, if you're going, if you're going to somebody's Christmas party, here's what you can bring for yourself and here's what you bring for the host. Um, so yeah, we're going to have lots of resources and like drinks and like some, you know, advice and suggestions for getting through somebody's It's sometimes it's difficult to the holidays. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. it's difficult. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's amazing. That's going to be yeah. so helpful. I know I'm going to be checking it out. Thank you. Thank, thank you. thank you so, so much. I hope I didn't keep you too long. I realized that we're wow. like. 30 minutes past our set time, but I could keep <laughs> going for like another two hours if we had time. So Thank, thank you, you for
1: having me today. This was a really so great, welcome. really a great conversation. And um, it's just a privilege to be able to share with your audience, um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully it's been inspiring in some ways. And yeah. if even one woman out there drinks one last glass of wine, I've done my
0: job. Yes, so much value. Thank you so much. I love this. We'll have to do this again. I feel like there's yeah. still so much to, to yes. cover. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good evening. Yeah. and Yeah, you too. You We'll be in touch. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristin. And I will see you soon.